You know your politicians are working for you, the people, when they're found by various courts to be violating the law of the land and the general political consensus is there's no use debating a decision that we're going to appeal anyway. Now, originally, this video was going to be about both Governor Whitmer in Michigan and Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, about how their lockdowns were both ruled illegal and unconstitutional, and how they both gave the courts a big middle finger. But once I got further and further down into the Whitmer rabbit hole, there was no turning back. Bottom line, in the twisted and tyrannical unicorn la-la lands of Michigan and Pennsylvania, violating the Constitution and ignoring the courts is perfectly acceptable when there's safetyness involved. Whitmer just happened to go the extra steps of taking her power trip for a joyride and then launching it off the side of a cliff. Before we go on to discuss Whitmer's misdeeds and blatant disregard for the law, we have a sponsor today. This video is sponsored by a pretty unique opportunity this time. Operation Win at the Door is currently hiring campaign staffers to help elect liberty-minded state legislators across the country that are dedicated to protecting and restoring the ideas of liberty. If you want to be a part of the liberty movement and actually make an impact in our insane political climate in 2020, you can join one of these campaigns until November 3rd. Gas is covered, housing is provided, and you will be compensated $99 a day. If you're interested, click the link in the description to apply. Now, back to a situation that proves exactly why we need more liberty-minded folks out there. I talked about Whitmer's orders in previous videos, but I feel like we might need a recap of Michigan Lockdown Season 1. that you put into place were that you couldn't fish and you couldn't buy seeds to garden. And um, to your point of how Michigan is actually doing, the New York Times reported um, that yesterday that Michigan saw the largest drop in percent of people staying at home last week, despite this stringent stay-at-home orders remaining in effect, more than the states that have had relaxed restrictions. So some small business owners are actually risking jail time to reopen. Do you think you're being too restrictive is actually having the opposite effect in your state? And can you really claim success with these kind of numbers of people deciding to defy you? Oh, okay. Okay, so we've lost uh, our guest, but we'll hopefully have her back in a second with us. Whitmer, like most governors, instituted a lockdown. But her executive orders weren't just your standard run-of-the-mill power grabs. In fact, they were so severe and at times downright nonsensical that she became a sort of poster child for questioning how far governors should be allowed to go. At one point, she was basically introducing a new wacky measure every week. First, Whitmer put a total ban on all gatherings of any size, whether public 
or private. Then she shut down businesses and arbitrarily banned things like the sale of paint, plant and seeds, and even banned certain solitary outdoor activities like gardening, for example. She argued stores that sold furniture, gardening, or home improvement supplies needed to close those sections to the public entirely in order to protect consumers. She also banned motorboats, but not canoes, and banned people from traveling to their other properties unless they were from out of state. They were okay. She even told families to designate one person to leave the home for groceries and other errands so that everyone else could stay home, cowering inside in a perpetual state of fear and vitamin D deficiency because that was healthier. Services like lawn care were also shut down, even though they take place outside because it's way safer for a 90-year-old woman to mow her lawn herself than it is to hire a 22-year-old to do it and just stick the money in a mailbox. Whitmer was so worried about safety, in fact, that she flat out banned all non-emergency medical care until phase six of reopening, which would require either herd immunity or a vaccine. This was despite the fact that medical offices and practices presented her with a vast number of safeguards, and despite the fact that a legitimate vaccine could take years. She literally told Michigan residents that they couldn't have much needed surgeries or dental work or annual physicals or cancer screenings for years, despite the patient's own doctors saying they had made it as safe as possible. At some medical practices, which joined a lawsuit I'll get to in a minute, patients unable to get necessary surgeries and routine care developed gangrene, kidney failure, and sepsis. Others were denied follow-up care for previous surgeries, and in one case, a patient was denied surgery to fix a broken feeding tube. If someone has a feeding tube, that is how they eat. That is necessary for proper bodily functions. The government basically denied the patient a service that would prevent them from starving. Another woman was denied a procedure to restore proper blood flow to her leg. She wasn't allowed the surgery until she showed up at the emergency room, her condition so bad that she almost had a full amputation. All of these conditions can be life-threatening, and Whitmer would not allow them to be treated because they weren't deemed safe enough or enough of an emergency. Some of those same patients died because by the time their conditions met the government qualifications for an emergency, it was too late. That is insane. She gave her reasoning as banning anything that wasn't what she called life-sustaining, but she actively encouraged people to go out and buy lottery tickets, alcohol, and smoke the ganja because they brought in state revenue. Well, that explains that. And perhaps the best of all, a violation of any of these orders, even something so small as trying to buy a bag of topsoil, was punishable by a $1,000 fine and possible criminal charges, including up to 90 days in jail for small business owners. Safety. 
It's been suggested that it was not just an in-house power grab, but that it was also a ploy to get Biden's attention and get her own little star to rise. She started openly feuding with Trump, hitting the national TV circuit, and Biden did confirm that she was on the list for his VP picks, which would have made her the only possible pick worse than Harris. Protests broke out several times, shutting down the local government at least once. The state congress also voted not to extend the lockdown beyond the original 41 days, arguing the curve had been flattened and COVID was now a long-term problem rather than an emergency. Which, of course, did nothing, because then Whitmer turned around and ended the state of emergency just to redeclare it minutes later, extending the lockdowns illegally, making them even more restrictive, and chastising and punishing residents like children. Basically, Whitmer executive ordered herself into a position of unilateral power under which she could executive order extensions on her own executive orders all willy-nilly. But this was all necessary, after all, as according to Whitmer, the legacy media, and the stagnant cesspools of Facebook and Twitter, the anti-lockdown folks of Michigan were a small, stupid, and fringe minority that would all be dead two or three weeks after their protests. You see, it was the lockdown protests that caused the COVID spikes in late spring and early summer, not the BLM protests, riots, or Memorial Day cookouts. And if you don't believe that, then you're just anti-science. Her media folks even managed to convince the entire country that the lockdown protests were about haircuts, based on one person and a couple of signs that were pointing out the fact that politicians were still getting haircuts that were deemed dangerous and non-essential for us plebes. But here's where things get spicy. First, Four sheriffs announced they wouldn't be enforcing the new rules, suggesting they were unconstitutional. Then a Facebook group named Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantining was created and almost instantly got up to nearly 400,000 followers before it was nuked by Facebook. A Facebook group for people against Governor Whitmer's stay-at-home order was shot down by the social media giant yesterday. Its creator is now wondering why, saying it had close to 400,000 members, was nonviolent, and didn't promote any hate. Our Lauren Edwards joins us live after talking to him about that. Unlock Michigan also circulated a petition that got 540,000 signatures. For those wondering what a 540,000 signature petition being delivered to the state house looks like, Unlock Michigan posted both photo and video. Of course, upon learning of this petition and all the traction it was getting, the state attorney general opened an investigation into Unlock Michigan. Then the lawsuits started rolling in. At first, it was just the aptly named Contenders Tree and Lawn Specialist that sued, eventually leading to Whitmer allowing people to cut grass again. Then the state's own lawmakers sued Whitmer. So naturally, Whitmer created an executive order to order the police and various state departments to enforce her executive orders even harder. The crackdown required the departments to give elevated priority to enforcing COVID lockdown measures and even reallocated state resources to do it. By this point, Whitmer told the public that Michigan had successfully flattened the curve, but kept all of her restrictions in place. 
In fact, by early May, she had already issued over 70 COVID executive orders. And yet, wouldn't you know it, despite governors being all-knowing experts in the fields of medicine, epidemiology, and economics, making them far better decision-makers than all of their constituents combined, the Mackinac Center Legal Foundation had the absolute gall to sue Whitmer, the Attorney General, and the Director of Health and Human Services on behalf of several medical providers and patients for that whole no-one-is-allowed-medical-treatment thing. Meanwhile, Whitmer's press secretary issued a statement that the governor had brought together leaders in healthcare, business, labor, and education to develop the Michigan Safe Start Plan to re-engage our economy in a way that protects our workers and their families. Yeah, she brought them together all right, brought them together in suing her ass. The core of the Mackinac lawsuit, and several others, is the interpretation of two Michigan laws pertaining to emergency executive authority. First, the Emergency Powers of Governor Act of 1945, and second, the Emergency Management Act of 1976. The first law doesn't require a governor to ask for permission from the legislature to extend a state of emergency, but the second law requires permission after the initial 28 days. But that law also holds a clause that it shall not be construed to limit, modify, or abridge the authority of the governor to proclaim a state of emergency. The Mackinac lawsuit was filed on May 18th and called for an immediate block for the executive orders. A few days later, Whitmer gave permission for non-essential medical procedures to resume on May 29th, but the people of Michigan had still gone without medical care for over two months. The case made it all the way up to the state Supreme Court in September, and the court gave their ruling on October 2nd. In a move that I honestly did not see coming, the state Supreme Court actually ruled against Whitmer, unanimously. And not only did they rule that her lockdowns were illegal and unconstitutional, the court also ruled in a 4-3 ruling that the 1945 Act itself is unconstitutional. Whitmer called this unanimous decision a slim-majority Republican vote. She claimed that the decision would do nothing but create chaos and confusion among the citizens. She also claimed that her lockdowns had somehow boosted economic recovery. Oh, you're doing a really bad job. So where do things currently stand? Well, without a doubt, Whitmer is going to order a rehearing of the case. No question. She has 21 days from the ruling until the court's decision takes effect and has threatened to issue the orders by alternative sources. She dodged the executive order issue by having the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services issue an epidemic order instead of undetermined duration, which is basically the same damn thing. She also vowed not to negotiate with the legislature, complaining that they were too slow and deliberate in their decision-making. But perhaps her most astute argument was, well, all the other states are doing it. Nonetheless, the attorney general announced that she would no longer enforce the orders by criminal prosecution, but that other departments could enforce them instead. Immediately after the ruling, officials in two counties issued their own orders, mimicking those Whitmer had put in place. The orders are being challenged in separate lawsuits. Whitmer also moved the entire state back from Phase 5 into Phase 4 reopening. 
the lawsuit brought on by House Republicans is still pending. Of course, Whitmer has urged her state to vote in Democrats on the state level while simultaneously claiming that she doesn't engage in partisan politics. Well, folks, that was a long one and long overdue. That was your Liberty Update for the week. As always, sources are linked down in the description, all the way at the bottom. Please don't forget to check out today's sponsor and other support options also linked down there. But if you like my work, the best way to support the channel is by liking and sharing this video, subscribing if you're new here, or dropping a comment down below. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, putting up with all the changes while I moved, and above all, helping me to spread the message of liberty.